afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our podcast where we're going to discuss awake minute by minute because we love Paramahansa Yogananda. Uh, with me, I have Mike and Chris. Please introduce yourselves. Tell us uh, something about yourselves, um, how you came to know Master, how, you, uh, uh, how, how was your meditation this morning, Mike? Uh, yeah, hey guys, I'm Mike. Uh, my meditation this morning was pretty good. Um, I'm uh, in Spain right now, so I love meditating with like the sun outside and having like a good start of the morning. I kind of, um, where do I start? I started following Yogananda pretty early on because my parents were both doing uh, uh, meditation and they were both in SRF. And so I kind of um, grew into it and I started becoming serious about um, meditation and Kriya Yoga in my 20s. And that's kind of ever since then I've been on the path. So that's my story. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit that I did not meditate this morning again. I think the last time I spoke to you guys, I didn't meditate in the morning. Uh, so it's another uh reminder um that i need to be more diligent but um yeah uh my meditation yesterday was fantastic actually I, I, i'm happy to say so uh, i have been with the srf and with master for probably four years now um coming up too so i, I spent a, a long time lost at sea and then upon my shipwreck thoughts i was introduced to uh, a a cousin of a friend of mine who talked about the uh, book autobiography of a yogi and I was hooked straight away. It was fantastic. So um, a real revelation. And I've been going to the SRF London Centre for several years before I moved out, out of London. And that is actually how we all know each other from the London Centre. Probably what, 10, 10 years ago or so I met Mike, uh, maybe five years ago we met Chris. So yeah, we've been uh, doing various young adulty things since then. Myself, I came into teachings and introduced to Yogananda. Someone gave me the autobiography of, the, of a yogi, and then and then obviously I was reading it. It was I was awestruck. Um, at, at that point, I hadn't uh, fully you know fully accepted Yogananda as, as my guru, so I was still on the search. So I remember one summer in, in university, I went to India to really try and find a spiritual path that I can connect to. And I took that book. That was the only book I took with me. So I was reading it. It was amazing. I was going to various ashrams and I was like, no, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. And I thought, oh, actually, this is Yogananda. This is actually what I've been looking for in my hand. I've been traveling all around India, but this is, this is it. This is the real deal. And since then, I plunged in and started going to the London Center, became a Kriyavan, et cetera, et cetera. So here we are. We're going to talk about the podcast Awake. I oh, know my meditation this morning. It was pretty good. It was not as long as I would have liked, but it was pretty good. I meditated with my wife in the in the next in, in the next room. We spent probably about an hour or so. Yeah, it's good. So Awake podcast. So why are we doing this? So we obviously we have a passion together. We have a passion for. Uh, Yogananda and we are obviously we we loved this movie uh, which we're going to discuss in detail minute by minute 
Um, the, us three are going to be the hosts. Uh, we're going to take it in turn. And we're also going to have guests that come in. So there'll be a fourth person. Um, and if you're interested in being that guest, please do uh, message us and we'll rotate who that is. So let's talk, let's, let's dive straight into the minute. So the first minute obviously starts with the producers, um, you know, who, who, made, who made the film, etc. And then we have this scene where you're, you're over the water, you're submerged in water, there's this eerie music, um, and then the, there's, a, there's someone that speaks. But let, let's talk about that first scene. So there's an eerie, there's an eerie music and there's ocean. So how did you feel that, that Mike, what did you feel about that starting sequence? I feel like they chose this to kind of um, immerse the, the viewer into the movie. I feel like they, they chose this um, to, to kind of um, show um, how um, Yogananda kind of um, first perceived the world when he was born. And I feel like they did a pretty good job and you know, they show the water and then some, then it gets dark and light again. So it's, it's really, it's really um, interesting. And the viewer really feels like you are, that's, this is Yogananda's view right now when he was in the womb, I guess. So I think let's, let's, let's listen to the first line. Actually, that explains the womb situation. I'll just play that first line. I was conscious in my mother's womb, feeling the movements in her body aware of my own helpless state. Isn't it uh, beautiful? Chris, what did you think of the, uh, the speaker? Yeah, um, I think he, he did a fantastic job at immersing you um, into this soulful kind of voice that Yogananda has. It, it, it isn't the same voice, obviously. Uh, it is quite different, but uh, it's very, very striking and soulful in in, in its own right. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I hadn't heard his voice before, um, and uh, I did think for a second, like, hold on, is this this isn't Yogananda, is it? That, that question popped into my head. Of course, it was quickly batted batted out because it's an Indian accent, and we obviously will re will recall the autobiography of Yogi that uh, Ben Kinsley did, and he obviously has an Indian. Uh, ancestral background, half, 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 half his family history is from India, and he's got this very quintessential English, you know, accent, which is, you know, it speaks so eloquently, that autobiography, and it's so beautiful, I've, I've heard it so many times, and how does that contrast, Mike, for you to this quite very Indian sounding voice of Anupam Kher, who is the narrator as Yogananda? Yeah, I, th I remember when I heard it the first time, it struck me that this is not what I expected, but it also helps to imagine that, that this is uh, Yogananda speaking. I mean, I love Ben Kingsley, but I, I just can't imagine um, Yogananda speaking with a British accent. This is just, <laughs> this is just um, not how I imagine him at all. And with Anupam Kher, he obviously sounds different as well, but it's close enough so that I can go like, okay, yeah, this is Yogananda speaking. And, um, he, um, like the way he talks is as well, very slow, but in a distinct way. So it's very, very pleasant to listen to it. It's uh, quite a contrast from say, Swami Vivekananda. Have you, have you guys heard him? He, have you heard audio clippings of him? 
I have not. So no. He's got this really booming, very like extremely well-spoken, almost Ben Kinsley-esque voice, but really soulful, powerful, powerful voice. But it's quite a contrast to the Yogananda's, you know, Indian Indian accent. You could tell he's Indian, whereas Vivekananda, I suppose he came, you know, a decade or two before Yogananda to the US. So he uh, laid the groundwork. So he probably had to conform more to, to, to for his for his work. He probably had to conform more and connect, be more easier to connect with the audience than and, than Yogananda did, because he could retain his even to the end. He retained his um, the way he speaks, his manners. Always obviously was very Indian. Um, yeah, Anupam Kher, incidentally. So he's you. You guys won't know this, but he's he's a very famous household name Indian actor uh, of, of the Bollywood scene. So he plays this role quite often where he's like the uncle or the father figure who usually isn't the, the main character in the film, but the most one of the most important characters of the film because he kind of, his opinion or his, his direction sets the tone of the movie or which, which way it goes. Uh, you probably also won't know, but if you watch the film Bend It Like Beckham, he was Jesse's father. So he was the one. He was the one that says, "No, you can't marry that white guy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, but that that is the role. That is the role he plays in um, in, in, in Indian cinema, and he played it quite well in that uh, in that British uh, movie and Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. So it's it's interesting for me having pretty much grown up with Indian films, having seeing your your take on uh, on narration because I recognise his voice straight away. I'm I'm imagining you you guys didn't. No. No. Right, so yeah, so the, the first line is, I was conscious in my mother's womb. Now, I looked for the origins of this quote, and I couldn't find them. I thought it might be in the autobiography of Yogi, and I couldn't find it. Um, and, then, and then I looked, and there was, there's a lot of biblical references to this type of um, mm. quote. Um, but so, Mike, where do you think some of these lines come from? Because I couldn't find yeah, I, I asked myself the same question, to be honest. I, I have like a lot of the, the SRF books on, on my Kindle, and I started looking for that kind of text in most of them, and I couldn't really find it. And uh, it reminded me that I, I read somewhere that the producers of the movie, the guys from Counterpoint Films, they, um, when they worked with SRF, SRF opened their whole archive to them, and they... Um, uh, probably had access to writings, audio, video that is not published. And um, I assume it was somewhere in there. I mean, it would make sense that um, if they add those lines in the beginning of the movie that um, Yogananda would have actually said them. So I'm, I'm convinced of that, but I don't think it's published anywhere. Not nowhere that I found it. So you mentioned the producer, who was that, sorry? Um, so it's a company called Counterpoint Films. They are... Um, was founded by Paola Di Florio, which is one of the directors. Um, uh, yeah, the other director is Lisa Lehman. And the other person who uh, did Counterpoint Films, his name is Peter Rader, and he's officially also the producer of the film. And did they have, what, do you know what relationship they had with SRF? Were they devotees of Yogananda? Were they doing it completely independently? Um, yeah, so SRF, like in 2010, around that time, SRF was often asked um, by people if they wanted to do a movie about Yogananda and they have declined a lot of times. But in, in like 2010, 11, they, they started being open to that idea. 
and it, it's it was they made a point of uh, looking for um, independent filmmakers to do it. They wanted someone who has like an outside perspective, maybe like a fresh perspective, also because that might help them um, tell the story of Yogananda in a way that um, it makes sense for someone who doesn't know about him and make it um, make the movie kind of a way to learn about Yogananda for the first time. And I feel like they that's kind of uh, what they did. How was the film received? Because, for example, when my when I, when I told my family wanted to they wanted to they found out independently about the film I didn't tell them because they, they know my father Yogananda and then they just watched it and I, and I in my mind I was like and I read the autobiography of Yogi first and then you'll appreciate it but they they watched it and they said oh it was fantastic Chris how how, how was how how was it perceived in general audiences do you reckon yeah um well we we know that the SRF uh wanted to make the movie um accessible to to all people um, around the world. Um, so it wasn't for devotees strictly. Um, I, th I think I have seen some reviews online that, uh, you know, with, with regards to the very first opening sentence uh, about being conscious in the mother's womb, some people might immediately have been kind of put off by that, but uh, it actually did quite well um, in, in the cinemas uh, around the world. So uh, the, in the US was, was where it um, really, took off, uh, to, so to speak. So 40 cities in, in the US um, where, where uh, it was number one, um, the number one movie in the theaters in the first week wow. for, for these cities. So yeah, 1.5 million grossed in, in domestic uh, box office US, um, which is quite, quite a good number. And then I think 1.9 million worldwide with Brazil, Australia, Italy, Germany uh, being, the, being the next uh, in line to sign up to wanting to watch Yogananda's Awake movie. So well received, I think it's fair to say. Right. Um, what about the, the title, Awake? Any insights? But like, yeah. Awake. Yeah, well, I, I kind of questioned, you know, what, you know, why, why the word Awake? I think there had been a previous title which was a Hollywood movie it's a thriller mystery movie made in 2007 that was quite it's quite popular so um, I guess you know you, you don't need to conform and you know make something different but um, certainly whenever you google awake the movie that's the, you know the other one pops up so maybe maybe there could have been something different different done there but um, I, I, th I think it speaks to really the purpose of Yogananda's mission, which is to awake souls and, and to, to bring souls back to God, so to speak. So I think it does it does uh, address that and does a good job. Yeah. Mike, any thoughts on the title? No, I, I essentially agree with Chris. I mean, it's a great title. It is unfortunate that there's a popular Hollywood movie that has the same title, but I don't think that takes anything away uh, from it. I think it fits really well because this global awakening is what Guruji came for to to teach, and that's why this title is perfect. Yeah, let's um in, on that topic actually global awakening. The, the, the line let's let's delve into the lines that uh, of the quote. The first three lines: I was conscious in my mother's womb, feeling the movements in her body, aware of my own helpless state. <laughs> now, who can remember? <laughs> let alone being conscious in your mother's womb. Wow. 
yeah mm. it's, it's it's an amazing thought i mean when i heard that i i kind of asked myself was i conscious in my mother's womb and probably yes and probably it's it was like you know like the next day after you slept and you can't remember the dream you had i feel like it's probably a bit like that just way way longer um and i uh i tried to like sometimes go back and think how was it when i was in my mother's womb because it's it's like really an intriguing thought um and it's great that he can remember everything and tell it to us because that's i find that a fascinating insight mm. yeah i I've, I've heard that i can't remember who said it but uh, I think it was a friend of mine. I don't know if they got it from anywhere, but they said God gave man two gifts, the power of memory and the power to forget. So, you know, if, uh, <laughs> which is convenient, um, I, I, I think um, for karmic reasons from past past lives, but um, you, you do see some saintly people, uh, even who are alive today, talk about their childhood in, in their vivid, vivid memory. Um, and I think it is a sign of somebody who is deeply enlightened to be able to simply remember uh, and, and have that accessibility. So I, th I think whenever I watched the movie for the first time, I wanted to pause there because it was it kind of struck me so strongly that I thought, geez, you know, the, you could really just go away and maybe mm -hmm. meditate on that for like an hour, couldn't you? So good way to open up. Yeah, definitely. It, we, you mentioned enlightenment there, so we know that Master had his experiences in his his experience in cosmic consciousness that Sri Yogeshwar gave him. What it was in his um, late teens or early twenties, if, if I recall, when he was in in the ashram in, in Sri Yogeshwar's ashram. So you mentioned enlightenment. Now we we refer to Yogananda as a Brahma Avatar, which is a, an incarnation of um, incarnation of love. So Yogananda, if, if he was aware of all of this, and he's an avatar, so a, a avatar means a, a descent of divinity into flesh. So he would not only remember this, but he would remember everything that's mm. happened. To, not just to himself, but probably to existence, right? Like if you remember his uh, Samadhi poem, it says, th it says, thoughts of all men, past, present, to come, is in his awareness. So not only was he aware of, you know, what's happened in his life and his birth, but actually all of creation and his avatar experiences. What, what do you think of that? Um, I feel like, I mean, some, somewhere there must be like, a, I mean, he's an avatar, but also he, he incarnates as a human being, right? So... At what point is he in cosmic consciousness? And at what point does his mission start? You know, because he, um, even though he was an avatar, I feel like he kind of lived this life for us, this exemplary life of a chela, of to basically you're born, you, um, you have a normal childhood, but you do look for God and you do look for this guru who can give you cosmic consciousness. And that's the life he lived. And... I'm I'm actually um I, I actually wouldn't know if he had if he felt cosmic consciousness all the time or if it really came to him the first time in this incarnation when he was at Triokteshwar's place. Mm. Mm. Well, I, you know, I I think 
having been in a position where I was very agnostic about about spirituality. I had a well, I was raised in a family that my dad was raised Protestant, my mother raised Catholic. I tend to have this, you know, rationale towards spirit, spiritualism, and and when you hear this, you immediately think, well, okay. If this is true, this person is so in, at a level above me to such a, a degree that I can barely imagine what it must take. So I really need to pay attention and pay attention to see that they could be fake. You know, you know, let's let's see if they're up to it. You know, what 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 what's the content of the words that they speak? Um, and really, for me, it kind of sets a stake in the ground that Yogananda lives up lives up to. It goes beyond, in my opinion. So um, for anybody who's listening and thinks, well, this is, you know, who, who can really claim that? They can't really prove it. Well, I guess you can to an extent by which you see the man's actions and, and, and the words they said. So um, I, I think it's, it's, it's such a great, bold way to start the film. And, and also the lessons, his lessons tell us to put teachings into practice to experience the stuff that he's talking about to actually experience it for ourselves. So not we don't not just believers in things that he's saying mm. or these experiences, but we're actually testing the waters. But he's given us the tools to test those various experiences that we want to have or you know um, things that we need to grow into. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't when you listen to it, you don't need to believe it, um, but take note of it and and realize it's you know, potential for truth through the this scientific approach to yoga that he espouses. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a good marker. Right. So that pretty much is the minute. So obviously we have the intro sequences, and we have that we've had that water. We've discussed the dialogue and how that relates to this opening sequence. Um, is there anything else that anyone else would like to say about the minute? Well, I, th I think in terms of the production element, we, we know that it took three years, right? So um, the you know they, they obviously thought very carefully about how you know how they wanted to plan the movie and and and, and produce the movie. Uh, so I, th I think this is a, a great way to kind of build mystery into 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 the movie and and build a sense of desire to to know. I, I want to know which. Is kind of what Yogananda does, isn't it? He, he's he's a sort of this mystic figure, you know, when you look at it from a Western perspective, that brings you to God, brings you into the desire of knowing. So they put they must have put a lot of thought into this, and it's, I think it's quite easy just to kind of uh, float over float over the analysis of it. I, th I think they did a fantastic job. Um, and, and by the way, we do know that they went to 30 different countries to produce this. So I think this one was done in maybe CGI, CGI or I don't know how quite how it was quite done. Um, if they just had cameras underwater or something, but um, I think it was well well shot. Any more reflections, Mike? Yeah, I keep wondering, I couldn't find anything about it. Like I, I wanted to know, like obviously the director and the producers, they were like independent filmmakers. I wonder if, how they came up with choosing Anupam Kher for um, speaking Yogananda's voice, if he's um, at all interested in 
yoga in meditation or if he's even a follower of Yogananda. I could really, I did a bit of research on this. I didn't really find any conclusive evidence, but I'd be interested if anyone's yeah. listening and knows about this or if you know about this. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's he's, so in the, in the recent past, he's done more deep and impactful films. For example, and this is an Indian cinema, of course. So, for example, one of the films he did was called Toilet. Uh, quite a weird name for a film, but it, it addresses sanitation and hygiene issues in the very rural parts of India and why there's restrictions to development of hygiene standards um, and you know social issues and cultural issues. So he's trying to address really, really deep, deep things that are, that are impact, impacting the growth of society in India. And obviously, obviously, other parts of the world as well. So, he's, and and if you look, he's also doing this project in particular. But he's also doing because he's using his fame to actually do interviews with eminent spiritual people. Like, like he did a very famous interview with Sadhguru Sadhguru recently. That was really well received. So he's he's moved from like doing mundane films to like really doing impactful and spiritual work. And. I don't know how that how it must have coincided perfectly with them casting Awake, and I don't know who who they um, auditioned or if we can find out who else auditioned for that role or if they just approached him directly. But that's uh, yeah, maybe we can do some digging on that for next month. Sure. Yeah, we we, we can maybe mention here the distribution network. I initially the the film was distributed, um, so um, a live mind cinema is the distributors and, and they specialize in documents, uh, document, doc, documentaries uh, related to personal transformation, progressive spirituality and cultural change. So um, uh, they, they seek to provide here, I'm just reading um, uh, reading this off, off, off uh, their site. They seek to provide audiences with intellectually provocative stories that deliver the aha response of a transformative experience. So, yeah, there's going to be more films, obviously, by them if you're interested uh, separately. So definitely, they address the address the subject matter as they well as well as they have done in Awake. Because well, how difficult would it have been to produce, direct, and write that that film? Right? It's not really a film; it's more of a documentary, isn't it? But to mm. to, to, to summarize such a great life in, in you know 90 minutes. <laughs> Which goes back to our podcast. So if we do one 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 podcast a week, this is going to be an eighteen month project, guys. Are you are you guys ready for that? Challenge? Absolutely, I am. Sure. Yeah, with, with Yogananda's help, we could do it, guys. <laughs> yeah. What what was it? He he teaches, um, you know, to to be willing to do the work. You, you'll be imbued with sort of um, cosmic energy through. So the first step is simply being willing. I think. We're, we're willing so hopefully the listeners gain some insight along the way and maybe some some new people can be inspired to pick up the book any more for any more no? all good let's call it a day then thank you very much everyone jay guru, we'll jay see guru. You next jay guru.